Chesapeake Offshore Sailing Services, helping you win the race to the starting line. Hi, this is Brian Barone with Chesapeake Offshore Sailing Services with the Offshore Sailing Today podcast. Today we're going to be talking about provisioning your boat with no refrigeration. When you're a younger cruiser, you might not have all the comforts of home. Not a lot of people do it anymore, but if you're a Lynn and Larry party, or you're like we were, where we were basically bootstrapping ourselves all around the world, a lack of refrigeration is not as big a problem as you might imagine. It also drops your overall costs significantly and the complexity of the vessel significantly. One of the problems that a lot of new cruisers have when they first start out, they're continually dogged by repairs, uh, electrical systems, pumps, electric generation, and those kind of repairs, especially in your first year, can be very costly and can eat into your budget. And now if you're starting out on a shoestring budget to begin with, dropping a couple grand on a repair for a generator can really, that, you know, that's a month. That's a month of cruising if you're talking about $1,000 a month cruising budget, which is not completely out of the ordinary. Some folks might balk at that. But if you're on the low end of the cruising spectrum, you've got a simpler boat and uh, fewer systems, thousand bucks is doable even uh, in today's day and age so why would you go without the fridge everybody likes cold items i do too but electricity is the big problem here a fridge runs 24 7 it's a very large power drain and have a large power drain you need bigger batteries when you have big batteries you need to charge those batteries which means you need a significant amount of solar which means you need a place to put those solar panels, this means you want to mount uh, brackets on the back of the boat because there's not enough space on the deck. When you find out that your solar panels are not producing nearly what you thought they would, you might go for a um, you might go for a, for a wind generator to supplement that because, as we all know, when it's not sunny out, it's often windy, and that is the common configuration that most long-term cruisers will end up using if they don't just have a big boat with a big installed diesel generator. An installed diesel generator, of course, I mean, you're looking at about 10 grand to put one of those in. If you even have the space for it, most of our small cruisers are not gonna have space for an inboard generator. The final thing that you can do for power generation is probably one of the easiest, but a little bit more irritating in terms of what you need to do is a backpack type generator like the Honda EU 2000 units, which are used worldwide and are kind of the gold standard for less expensive power generation. EU 2000, believe it or not, will also run a a small window type air conditioner. So if you're living on the hook in Key West or in the Caribbean islands, you can run an air conditioner with EU 2000. A lot of the other similar 2000 watt generators are not able to handle the onrush current uh, required for a window type unit. So, so there you have it. There's a whole bunch of different things that you might need to buy uh, just to get just to get that cold beer. You know, we did this for a good long while. You know, we're talking about several years of being aboard the boat full time, and the options today are significantly better than in the days of Lynn and Larry party where everybody's eating canned tuna fish and things like that. So, you know, my wife actually, we do a talk. Uh, about cruising Uh, it's usually about a two-hour seminar and i'll talk about the cruising and some of the mechanical things my wife will talk about the 
the cooking and the types of meals we'd eat and how to keep everybody happy and well fed on the boat. I will say this, even without refrigeration, we ate significantly more elaborate and enjoyable dinners than we ever ate at home. At home, you're more likely to throw in a frozen pizza and call it a day. Uh, but on board, we had a really nice diet. So yeah, some of the options that were good for us that, that we used on a regular basis, obviously the canned foods. Uh, so you've got uh, canned chicken, canned ham, you can get canned pulled pork now, pre-cooked bacon. Pre-cooked bacon lasts almost indefinitely. If you see it in the store, it's just sitting on the shelf. So pre-cooked bacon is a great one. Obviously your vegetables and things will come in cans, but one of the other items that people always ask about is mayonnaise. Believe it or not, I, you know, I don't know what you were like, but when I grew up, my mom had me living in fear of a tuna salad sandwich that you didn't eat at lunch. But the reality of mayonnaise is that modern Hellman's mayonnaise in those squeezy containers last indefinitely. I mean, we're talking a year. It's just the acidity that's in it. If you go to the Hellman's website, they'll even say that. It's the real danger is once that mayonnaise has been mixed in something, when you have the squeezy bottle, there's really no dirty uh, knives or spoons going into the jar to add, uh, add a problem. So yeah, we use that, and I know people freak out about that, but it's 100% true. It's backed up. We did this for years. No gastrointestinal problems whatsoever. So yeah, you can have your tuna sandwich. You can have uh, all those things you like. Uh, now, some people say, well, okay, if you don't have refrigeration on the boat, you must be getting ice all the time. And we kind of found that very shortly after we started cruising, the whole lugging the ice back to the boat thing, we just stopped doing it. You know, um, when we were in a destination where we were out, we'd get a cold beer and enjoy it there. And now, don't get me wrong, there's literally no one who loves ice in their drink more than I do. But the reality is that the expense and the, the headache of bringing back ice to the boat, draining that, that cooler that's full of ice, it's just, it wasn't sustainable for us long term. So we just moved on. So talked a little bit earlier about power generation. You know, what do you need then if you're not going to use your power to run a fridge and you don't need those solar panels and you don't need the wind generator or a towable generator? So what we did was alternator, alternator off the engine. And now, even with the alternator off the engine, when you're living on the hook long term, you're going to run down your lights. You know, you use those lights every night. You're not, it's not Little House in the Prairie. You're not going to be doing anything by the candlelight and you don't necessarily go to bed when it gets dark every night it's just you know sometimes you want to stay up and play monopoly or you want to watch a movie on your laptop or your tablet so you still need power generation and so for that i would highly recommend that you have the eu 2000 or the eu 1000 the eu 2000 like i said to me the only real reason to get the eu 2000 if you're looking at a small footprint of electrical needs on your boat the only reason to get the EU-2000 is that ability to run that air conditioning unit. And even in the tropics, you know, it gets hot. I'm not going to lie, it gets hot. But running a gas power generator to run an air conditioner overnight, to me, is, is uh, it's a bit much. I know folks that do it, but to me, I'd rather have all the hatches open. So the EU-1000 is really small, and the EU-2000 is pretty small too, but it's a little bit heavy. I mean, everybody can fit one of those on their boats, but the EU-1000, it's, it's tiny. 
It's a tiny thing. It pl produces plenty of power to charge your battery so that you don't have to run your engine. Uh, also provides a little bit of a backup because I can't tell you how many times, especially with with offshore races where um, the boats have had problems with their alternator, which is their sole means of power generation. Certainly you're not strapping solar panels to the deck when you're doing an offshore race. And so, yeah, people have their alternators go down or they might even have a, a boat with twin alternators because they want that extra capacity for cruising and then the engine goes down. You know, I saw people turn back recently in races that had problems with their alternators off the engine and to spend thousands of dollars to enter a race and get your boat ready and then have to turn back because you don't have any power to run the lights is pretty sad uh, when you could have a U1000 for about 400 bucks and you can run that for an hour a day and have your batteries topped up so yeah l l low cost there for the um, EU and there actually are Chinese knockoff brands that some folks online will say are just as good Personally, I tend to try to go to the high-quality stuff right up front. Uh, if you can't afford the EU2000, go for the EU1000 because it's a Honda. There's always support there. And frankly, I don't love the idea of supporting a Chinese company who basically was hired to produce a generator for Honda, stole their design, marketed it under their own name, and basically stole the technology. To me, I just have a real problem with that. But again, for you, maybe your budget is such that you can't afford to make those kind of distinctions. But for me, I'd rather spend the extra $100 and buy the real thing and not uh, reward a bad actor. But other than that, uh, you know, in terms of cooking, obviously you've got your propane, that's standalone, and spices, things like that. One thing that we did use that I think that is good, but you have to do a little bit of trial and error, is uh, a thing called textured soy protein. You can get a ginormous bag of dried sector soy protein. Uh, just go for the plain, no flavors. Flavors taste like dog food, it's horrible. But texture soy protein mixed in with spaghetti and pasta sauce, surprisingly good. Very, very inexpensive. I believe we bought a couple of bags at a health food store and you know it took a couple of years to work through it because a handful of it reconstitutes and has sort of a like a ground beef texture in it. It's not this kind of thing that you're going to do in a stir-fry. It's really almost always in a pasta. But it's very satisfying and a nice source of protein. Obviously, tofu. There's all kinds of tofu that's in long-life packages. Tofu's great. I love a, a good Asian tofu stir-fry. There's soft tofu. There's also sort of hard tofu that you can get, a harder tofu. And then, as always with provisioning, you're going to want some of those treats. My wife is very partial to stuffed grape leaves. You know, that's something you can have. Really, it's up to you. Any number of Little Debbie products. We, we ate a lot of Little Debbie cakes as our treats. We had a little cookie jar full of them. Items that you're going to want to use when you are cruising without refrigeration. Uh, eggs, obviously, can actually... So eggs, eggs will keep for a while without refrigeration. It said that in sort of more third world places where they don't refrigerate them originally they last a bit longer if they come out of the refrigerator they don't last quite as long um, but if you're eating enough eggs it's not really that much of an issue uh, we found that you know in these old cruising books um, you used to see all these references to people varnishing eggs and dipping them in Vaseline and all these things we never did any of that don't paint an egg okay I'm, I'm an environmental scientist and let me tell you something about an egg. 
that shell of that egg is not going to keep a volatile organic compound, a solvent from paint, out of your food. I don't know whoever thought that was a fantastic idea, but it's definitely not. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, other people might say it's a great idea. We never did it. We never had a problem. Tortillas, uh, like a like a corn or a flour tortillas, are great in terms of uh, wraps and things like that. You know, just regular sliced bread just doesn't last that long at all. You know, it'll start to get moldy. Or you need to, it takes up a ton of space too. So you start making yourself some grilled quesadillas, stove top. That's really good stuff. Obviously, you know, blocks of cheese. Certain harder cheeses will last. Uh, those baby bells, great. Those things last forever. They're all sealed in wax. So um, yeah, you got to kind of pick and choose with the cheeses, but you can find some that will last. Hard salami, hard sausage, lasts a little while, but again, it's because of the moisture in the air, it's not going to last that long. So if you eat your pepperoni, just go ahead and eat it. Um, there are actually salamis that are kind of in a sealed package that last indefinitely. Um, you see those a lot actually in the dollar store, but if not, at least the dollar store by me, you can get those salami packs. And the point is there's a lot of different things that you can do for food. One of the great, great treats of offshore sailing and cruising is baking your own bread. Uh, the pressure cooker bread is fantastic. That's just a huge treat. We, we did that a lot. Rice, you know, if you're worried about your cruising budget, let me tell you, you buy a 50-pound bag of rice, that is not that much money, and you're not going to go hungry. Um, but again, you know, that's where we were when we were doing this. Uh, I don't suggest that you should get yourself to the level of poverty, but, um, you know, rice is great, and it's always there if you need it. And again, if you look at some of those old cruising things, they talk about weevils and things in the rice or bugs in the rice. I never had a single bug in my rice. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I think it's like very old school so one thing you are going to want to watch out for is um if you're having cans of soda i don't know if you drink soda or not uh a coke a flat coke is great for the stomach if you're feeling a little bit ill uh ditto that for ginger ale i actually prefer the coke for uh settling your stomach but if you have any kind of cans of soda and you're keeping them in the bilge those things will rust through pretty fast uh, if they get wet so if they're like in a bilge locker that you might get a little bit of splash of water up on the side you know we had cans explode um, they do not last as nearly as long as you think they would pineapple don't buy pineapple for the boat the pineapple uh, something about the acidity in it the pineapple cans just rust through you know, those Chef Boyardian things are always available if you can stomach it. Uh, I don't mind it myself, but uh, I don't think Claire would have any part of any uh, Chef Boyardian mini raviolis. And, yeah, you know, when you're cruising through the islands, if you get a coconut, there's always coconuts floating by. When you're down in Panama or Central America, as you're sailing along, maybe you're doing a day sail, uh, island hopping, there's always a coconut floating by somewhere. Grab a coconut, bust open a coconut, it's super delicious. Kind of like a lot of work to get an actual coconut open, but that's good. And of course, you know, as you're traveling, you're going to want to try some of the local foods. Um, you know, some of the most fun you have when you're cruising uh, abroad is going to the local market and picking up the different kind of foods and buying things that you never thought you would uh, would enjoy. You know, the in some places the food is better than others. Just be careful of what you're going to buy. And... Oh, one thing that is great if you can get it, um, and I never thought there was any difference in any kind of butter. I always just got butter. 
But if you can get the Anchor tinned butter, that's actually one of the things that some of those old old cruising guides from the 70s would talk about is, uh, you know, the New Zealand butter. And that's actually 100% true. You know, I don't know about the, the weevils in your rice or rocks in your rice, but uh, the Anchor tinned butter is fantastic. So that's really good stuff. If you find that you're going to um, through the South Pacific uh, and you may decide to go to American Samoa. One thing that's great about American Samoa, or, Asa, or Samoa, as they say it, is that um, as an American protectorate, they have a ton of food. They've got basically the South Pacific version of Costco with huge different kind of things from the U.S. And so there's a huge amount of supply there. Uh, you'll have to deal with the smell of a fish packing plant. Uh, the, the harbor in Samoa is pretty, uh, pretty yuck, but beautiful island, but just... Uh, when they make the fish, when they pack the fish, it smells bad. So anyway, um, that's just about it for now. I think we're going to wrap it up. And uh, hopefully you are thinking about cruising. And, you know, I, all this, all this whole, the whole idea of, you know, why in God's name would you want to go cruising without refrigeration? Why wouldn't you just save your money until you could, you know, get out there and do it with a decent lifestyle? Um, is that number one, it is a decent lifestyle. Number two, the people that that stop cruising or cruise for six months and decide that it's terrible, a lot of the time those are the people that are just, they're taken out by the breakages. You know, the, the things that break on them, they're just like, you know, cruising is just too much work. I'm fixing everything every day. I didn't think I was going to be working harder on the boat than I was working in my office. And when you simplify the boat, you simplify that. And you'll find that a lot of the people who are long-term cruisers, people have been doing this for you know, 10 plus years, or people that end up doing a circumnavigation, even if their circumnavigation is on a bigger boat, um, it's an interesting trend that their earlier cruises were done on a very simple boat. So they had success with a simple boat and not having to deal with breakages all the time, just enjoying what they were doing, and then moved on to the bigger, more complex boats when they had the money for it. Um, there's no shortage of people who bought a big boat that had all the mod cons, went out there with their wife, had a fight every day because everything was broken, and then went home and said, I don't like cruising. So I'm not saying you're going to win if you go with a boat with uh, no refrigeration and, and a small electrical footprint, but I definitely think in the early days, uh, not having to worry about that stuff can be a, a real advantage. And really, you know, do you want to spend your whole cruise sitting on the boat, or do you want to get to your island destination and you know go go and have a little bit of dinner you know maybe some of those thousands of dollars that you're going to spend on that system and it is several thousand dollars could go towards meals you know how long are you going to be out you're going to be a year maybe two years everybody thinks they're going to be out for the rest of their lives but it doesn't really work that way for most people unless you're independently wealthy you go out for a few years and you come back and you work somewhere and then you go out for a few years so if you're talking about five grand worth of equipment that's eating out that's in the bar how many beers are in five grand especially in central america when you're looking at a buck of beer so anyway that's it and uh have a great day